talking to to this woman, and, and she asked if she, he was a priest. And he's like, no, I'm actually a seminarian. Like, I'm in tra- uh-huh. training to be a priest. And she's like, that's good enough for me. And then just, like, went and talked with him and really poured her heart out to him wow. just because of that. Those, like, those clerics. Whoa. Like, that fatherhood that, that she needed. Yeah. Um, she found in, in him, even though he wasn't even a priest yet. People of Christian City, people of every, everywhere around the world, this is David Christopher Pacheco. Hi, my name is Kimmy. My name is Arthur Ortiz. Been in Denver since 1973. Okay, so let's just talk in circles for a little bit. <laughs> just talk in circles. Yeah. Just shoot the breeze a little yeah. bit. Now they see beyond what I look like. They see what my actions are and say, hey, that is a good person. A lot of people say home is home is where the heart is, but my heart's in many places. It's just I don't know where home is. Welcome back to Homeless But Human. Here with you today again is your host, Blake, and your other host, Shayla. And with us today, we have two of our missionaries. With us is Aaron and Maria, both second-year missionaries, who actually had the privilege of going to... Dallas, Texas. They're here to share some stories, what it was like, and how the mission applies everywhere across the country. I'm really excited for um, to hear like stories from you guys, especially because you got to go and work directly with seminarians. Um, and I think that's such a cool kind of flavor or like twist yeah. on your summer of service is because yeah. you're the only group that really did that. You went to go and teach them about street ministry and do street ministry. But yeah, I'm sure that was a very unique experience for you guys. Yeah, it totally was. Just being around only seminarians for so long was something I was not used to. We were invited by their bishop and vocation directors and head of formation to come and assist in this seminary formation, this privileged space in the formation of our priests. And yeah, any thoughts on that, guys? I think it really hit me this time around of just the the capacity that we are given to introduce future priests to the poor. Yeah. in their own diocese yeah. and just what an astounding gift that is. So, yeah. Yeah. In a way that is so relational too, mm-hmm. in like a way that's built on love. And I think that's where Christ in the city is like, that's our niche of the church in a sense of like us showing how to, to love the poor well and learning, learning all the time, but also like passing on what we've learned. Mm-hmm. And this is just like the summer of service is such a good opportunity to, mm-hmm. to pass on what we learned. Yeah, and I think oftentimes, like, you just don't really know. You, you know you're supposed to, to serve the poor, and that's what Christ asked us to do, but you just don't really know how. And so being able to have, like, pastors who who have learned how, at least in some extent, like, in yeah. a deeper way, in that more personal way, yeah, mm-hmm. um, to be able to just to lead their flock in that by, like, by their example is just, like, really, really mm-hmm. powerful. So powerful. It yeah. could change their parish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I one of my favorite things, Maria, watching you the past two years is seeing just like the the brother sister love that the seminarians have for you and you have for them mm-hmm. as you flew down for some of their diaconate <laughs> ordinations. As you as we have welcomed them into our clearly they it went okay because they come and visit <laughs> yeah. you know and you go visit oh, yeah. there and they welcome you. So clearly something went good last summer, but um, just like yeah that that understanding of like, we need seminarians, we mm-hmm. need priests and they need the lay too. I would love to hear from both of you or maybe one of you, if you could just like 
paint a picture of what were the streets like. Our listeners are probably curious. They probably clicked on, you know, this podcast to hear what does what is Dallas homelessness like and how did that ministry look? So maybe just like quickly painting a picture of what what the streets mm-hmm. looked like when you guys were were walking your street routes. Yeah, totally. For me, I had a a couple of routes. One was around a uh, shelter for mm-hmm. the homeless and then also had a few underpasses okay. that people would stay under. Mm-hmm. These really, really massive uh, extents like highways coming over that people would have mm-hmm. these uh, tent communities gotcha. under. So um, especially that one, we'd be basically walking into these neighborhoods of tents. And it was a little bit difficult just like trying to to enter into it without like enforcing yourself, without yeah. like mm-hmm. forcing yourself to be there. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> and so being willing to kind of offer any kind of things we had like water or snacks yeah. or food was very helpful for that. I'd be like, Hey, this is, this is why we're here. We're here to, to get to know you guys and like serve you guys. Can we come in and just like being very aware of their own resistance or acceptance. And that's their home. That. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so even like recognizing the gift that it is, if you are invited in mm-hmm. uh, and oftentimes they were like fenced off, you just have these, oh, uh, wow. these sections that like were the fences were down that you'd like walk into. Oh, uh, wow. So a little bit intimidating. Because yeah. Dallas is known for their huge interstate system, all their overpasses. I mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And something that struck me too with the the overpasses was just like the constant noise, so loud, and also sometimes very dark. That like, especially the first time I went down there back in March to kind of scout out, like that really, really affected me. Just like how loud and dark, and just kind of how menacing mm. it is to huh. to be under those overpasses. Yeah, the, the noise definitely was something that I wasn't able to pick up on. But when I was doing a street tour where we kind of just invite those who are starting out in street ministry to be in the spaces that our friends are in. When we were out there, one of the seminarians just pointed out, like, this is the background noise all the time. It's wow. just this loud background noise of cars mm. going over you and very, very loud. And it's it's kind of jarring if that and numbing if that yeah. is like the constant background and it's vast. It's these overpasses just go on for a long time. And if it's not an overpass, it's sometimes like a field or a forest yeah. of just ten mm-hmm. after ten after ten, which I'm not used to seeing in, in Denver. It's much more like, you know, a, a group of tents on a sidewalk as opposed to just a field that no one would ever go into unless they were a homeless provider or homeless wow. themselves. And very, very kind of jarring in that yeah. regard. Just it's just so much poverty. Um, in one area, but that was also, I think, I remember the first time I walked up to, to one of these overpasses, it's very closed off. It's dark. It's loud. I then immediately, I think just Southern hospitality is what we're met with. (laughs) And so I just invited in, like given a chair. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. Even on the streets. (laughs) And so it is, it's kind of this dichotomy of like, it is very real poverty, but there is such, such an openness to our mission and, and to friendship and like those overpasses within going from like very scary just came to be like, wow, this is one of my favorite parts of the city. Mm -hmm. Like this overpass. Mm -hmm. Same here. Same here. And it's just, yeah, it was just the best, the like desire for, for friendship. Um, And then I think it was just incredible to realize that like we had good friendships and friendships that like, yeah, like very much could continue in just, in just two and a half weeks. I think one of, one of the moments that really got me was seeing one of the returning men, he ended up seeing a woman that he had met uh, actually in, in 2020 when, when Blake and Sam, yeah, you went down to train but during that summer, before we sent missionaries down there, the men walked the streets just with Christ in the city training. And 
one of the seminarians was able to reconnect with one of his good wow. friends from that summer. And so they do last over the years, the friendships. And that's just a huge, a huge, beautiful. What was the atmosphere when they reconnected? Oh, it was beautiful. <laughs> I actually, I was, I was actually just wrapping up the conversation with this uh-huh. woman because I was like, yeah, I, I, I don't know if this conversation Nothing's is going clicking. anywhere. Yeah, yeah it wasn't not, clicking. They, she wasn't wanting it. <laughs> and so, and I was, it was me. And then I had one, one of the, my seminary and street team partners with me and I'm about ready to go. And then the rest of my team walks up and, and, uh, the seminary and his name's Ben just looks over and he's, he's like, Leanne, <laughs> is that you? <laughs> and oh at this gosh. point I, yeah, I was just kind wow. of laughing. I was like, wow, Providence. Whoa. And, uh, so he just immediately sits down and, and starts talking to her and it's just, I've, yeah, I've looked for you. I'm so glad to see you. Wow. Um, and just like asks after all these details that he remembered even like two and a half oh. years later. And like asks her about her experience going on retreats and just end up staying there for about an hour with her. And it was so, so beautiful. I I think I was just sitting there. I'm like, wow, wow. Like I've, I've been invited into something wonderful, like a reconnection of friends from, from years back. And yeah, the providence it takes to find someone in a city, especially knowing Mm. that the seminarians have looked for her before. Yeah. Um, But just, yeah, just a lot of like wonder and gratitude in that moment. That's so amazing. Do you, do you, would you guys say that you were, as you were approaching new people and people that had never met the missionaries before, how would you say you were received? Would you say people were skeptical or was it more of that? Cause you don't have that. Yeah. You don't have that street cred in Dallas. Like <laughs> yes, in yeah. For me, it was kind of like half and half almost. Sometimes okay. it was just like a wave and then like, get away. Like, don't, yeah, we're not here to talk. Just keep walking Mm. sometimes we come up and start talking and they just start and like you wouldn't have to say much else and they would just like so happy to to talk to you and to just to get to know you to let you get to know them and oftentimes at that point the conversation would even just turn to to jesus like Mm. they i don't think i ever brought brought it up they were always Mm. the ones who, who brought it up and that was like their go-to honestly yeah and speaking about it and that was just like and then you dive in right Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Tell me more. Like, I want to, I want to hear where, where you're at yes. with this and like, how has that, how has that affected you on the, on the streets and, um, just very, very open about that, which has been which is very beautiful. Yeah. I think I, I just tended to get either polar opposites. And I think <laughs> a lot of that was from like, yeah, just the beauty of being invited into like everything by, by walking with, with men wearing clerics. Yeah. Um, and so sometimes it was like just fierce rejection of like, mm-hmm. I want nothing to do with you. Like, yeah, I don't really want you in this space. Um, and then other times it was just, I just am waiting for someone to say hello. And wow. especially like the, the like increased trust that comes with like seeing, seeing a spiritual father figure mm-hmm. and the like comfort that that brought many, many of our friends. And so I think, yeah, it was often just very intense, very open very beautiful right off the bat or there was yeah there are definitely moments of yeah I want nothing to do with you and isn't that how Jesus Christ was received yeah like seriously exactly no it was like everywhere from get away I want nothing to do with you exactly what you said to I've been waiting yeah Mm -hmm. you know and I and I think again speaking of the differences between our different cities Dallas you had you had clerics on the street 
Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. any other thoughts or reflections on how that was? There was something I heard from one of the guys. I think actually a couple of them, um, but one in particular was talking to to this woman and, and she asked if she, he was a priest. And he's like, no, I'm actually a seminarian. Like I'm in tra- uh-huh. training to be a priest. And she's like, that's good enough for me. And then just like went and talked with him and really poured her heart out to him wow. just because of that. Those like those clerics, Whoa. And, like, that fatherhood that, that she needed. Yeah. Um, she found in, in him, even though he wasn't even a priest yet. Wow. I can think of two moments that just really struck me with this. I think just the beauty, I was taken aback by the beauty of the witness of, of these men. There was one day where I just saw my, my street team partner, Nick, who was wearing clerics, just sitting on a curb with a friend under an overpass and just to be with a friend in, in that space. And actually in the, in that span of that conversation, the friend that he was talking to told him like, if you become a priest, like, will you hear my confession? Oh wow. my gosh. <laughs> just what? <the laughs> yes. Um, just amazing. Amazing. Like just they, like the, the effect it has on our friends for someone to come and seek them out. Or like someone who, yeah, I think just like that presence is very, very rarely seen. And just to like, yeah, to go to places that no one is going to be regardless. And then it's someone who's, yeah, who's wearing clerics. Who's calling themselves yeah. a man of God. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. Right. Just in that space. And it's, it just seems so right. And just so, yeah. such like such a beautiful moment. And then the other one that I think of was actually, we had a very long conversation with a man who is just searching and loves reading scripture, loves studying and just is, yeah, like asks people questions. And we just sat with him and listened to his story for, for about an hour or so. And, and at the end, he kind of looked at us and he was like, so, so where are you from? <laughs> and <laughs> at that point, we're like, well, like we're Catholic. And, and, uh, and then, yeah, the guys on my team say that they're studying to be priests. And like in that moment, he just, he kind of is like the only people that can answer my questions are Catholics. And he was so oh, interested. Oh, wow. He was wow. so interested in in the formation that they receive and that they are able to lean into that human formation and healing so that they can then like pour out of that. He was so impressed. He was like, wow, like that's something that he hadn't heard before of like that care in formation. And, um, just like that, he was so, he was so open to, yeah, just to like hearing more about, about their formation, about who they are and about, and and curious why they Mm -hmm. were like able to answer his questions. So like you said, it it was like, very few people are going under those bridges, mm-hmm. right? And you, as lay, right, can go out and it's and it means like the world to these homeless, right? To our friends, and when they see someone like in clerics, right? When we've walked with nuns before and those in habits, and you know, it just it's it's like as if the Lord is coming in a way more mm-hmm. real, like yeah. Don't get me wrong, like we are coming on behalf of the Lord, but it takes a whole new level when the wardrobe is black clerics with a white Roman collar, right? Or a cassock or a habit. Yeah, Mm -hmm. something about that too. Um, Since we were working with the seminarians, they decided to call it like Christ in Dallas. So so it wasn't exactly us, it was just kind of the combination of us two. And uh, before the program started, we were kind of driving around looking at our routes. I was with a couple other missionaries and just kind of talking about the name and like, I'm not sure if we really like it. It's like really close to Christ in the city, but Mm -hmm. not quite sure. (laughs) But then we just, it kind of hit us like, wait a minute, like Christ in Dallas, like Christ would be walking through these streets. He'd be like, 
on his way to somewhere and ask if he could stay the night here. Uh-huh. And like how much more is Christ truly going to be walking on these streets in these men who are meant to be another Christ, like yeah. mm-hmm. uh, in the person of Christ as the head. And it was just like very, very powerful to make that connection. Like, yeah. I, I would love to hear how the seminarians, what their experience was like, if they had any powerful moments or like any powerful reflections that sh- they shared with you, how they were affected by you guys. I would love to hear. I The one that's on my mind first is from the streets and then I'll, I'd have to think more on uh, the the impacts from missionaries. But one of my street team partners who I mentioned earlier, Nick, he just mentioned like the last day as we were leaving the streets, he just says, I love my diocese more after walking the streets, wow. walking those overpasses and just wow. the the beautiful gift that it is to for them to encounter the poor, for the poor to encounter them and that meeting point. I think it's just especially heightened given the the uniqueness of this program. And I think it also is just so fitting. And the last words that we heard from a friend on the street on my street route was one of our good friends, Daniel, just looks at us and he says, remember the poor. And like it's straight from his mouth. Man. And it just, I think it hit all of us because, yeah, I mean, as a missionary transitioning out and for them in in the midst of formation and, and not, and like, yeah, thinking about how this love for the poor can be lived, but just to have our friend tell us, remember the poor and to know that that's something that, yeah, I will Mm -hmm. carry with me. And I know that these guys will carry with them. Um, That's the first thing that comes to mind for me. That's amazing. So if you guys had one word to describe this entire experience in Dallas for you, what would that one word be? I think for me, it would just be, powerful there was just so many things that moved my heart on the streets and in community and the way the lord worked in the lives of the seminarians that were just was so overwhelming and was just very very powerful and was able to just to see his work very clearly Mm -hmm. maria abundance i think that's my word um i think i learned by being received by the seminarians just more about myself and my capacities that the Lord has very generously given me. And I think also just the, the beauty of, of them being able to live in a, in a different capacity that is very full of being able to be in community with each other, mm-hmm. to do ministry together as brother seminarians. I know that was very powerful and just to see the ways that reconciliation and healing played out on mm-hmm. the streets in the missionary community, in the seminarian community, and in overall, like the Christ in Dallas unique community. And yeah, I just was so grace filled for myself, for the other missionaries and for these men and for the, and for the poor friends on the street. For those who are living in Dallas, do you have any advice? Let's say they have 20 seconds at a stoplight uh, to, to say hello to someone or maybe just, yeah, connect with someone initially, maybe even for a short period of time, any advice or what you would say? So one of my street team partners, Mark, actually just lived this like so beautifully um, in the last week when we were on the streets. So every time we were driving back from our street route, we would run and we would we would hit this one red light. And the first time we kind of all looked at each other and I handed uh, Mark a water and he offers it to our friend on the street and asks his name. So so pretty simple. But um, the next day when we were driving that route back, Mark kind of looks around the car and he's like, what was his name? And then he remembers it. 
and he's not sure that it's the right <laughs> name, but I'm like, try it. And so he rolls down his window and then, and then says like, hi. And I, I, it's, it frustrates me. I don't remember his name at this moment, but he says his name and our friend on the street just lights up and he was oh, like, awesome. oh my goodness. Like you just made my day. And he's talking and he realized there's, there's one of, he's realized Nick's in the back wearing clerics and he Aww. just chats to everyone is like, you stopped at my stoplight. And just, I think like the simplicity of like, really just ask and remember a name. Like it makes, it makes a world of difference. And mm. I think also in Dallas too, it's just, yeah. Anyone who's listening from there knows more than I do that it's very hot and humid and that's hard in the summer. So yeah, just put some waters in your car so. and mm. offer a water and yeah, ask, ask for their name. Yeah, especially if you have like cold waters. Mm -hmm. There are some people that like ask, like, is it cold? Like I offered them water is like, no, it's just kind of lukewarm. Some people took it. Some people are like, all right, I'm good. Mm -hmm. But if you, you got a cooler in your car with some cold waters Dang. or some cold drinks, like that, that's next level, right? Yeah, there. you're gonna you're gonna make a friend. Quick. Oh, absolutely. Coca Cola. That's the yeah. yeah. That's the southern hospitality we're talking yeah. about. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I love that. So simple. Are there any shout outs you guys wanna? Shout out. Oh, all the seminarians. <laughs> no, they're very, very good to us. Uh, Father Zach. Father Zach mm -hmm. Webb, especially. We got to give him one. He was uh, the, the man that kind of made this all happen. Um, he's in charge of the seminarians for the Diocese of Dallas and just a really, really wonderful man. A uh, very good father to us and to, to all the seminarians. And to be able to work with him was, was such a gift. For sure. Awesome. Yeah, I'll second that. Shout out to all the seminarians for the Diocese of Dallas and Father Zach. And then I'd also add Father Paul, if yes. you're listening. Yes, Father I Paul. I know you have your own podcast, so hello <laughs> from ours. Oh, wow. <laughs> Father Paul, we're fighting you for podcasts. <laughs> no, we're helping each other. We're, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. We're in church. We work together. But no, yeah, the, the Diocese of Dallas has been so welcoming, whether it's Bishop Burns Father Zach, Father Edwin, the former vocations director, mm -hmm. Father Paul. I mean, I think how much hope do you just have in your heart for this diocese with yep. this, <sighs> these, these priests who have a love for the poor, right? Which is a love for Jesus Christ. It truly, it truly like gives me so much hope and so joy. Much hope. Even just thinking and talking about it now, oh. like my heart is just so happy to know like the church is in good hands. Yes. The church is in very yes. good hands. Amen. Amen. Amazing. Thank you so much to both of you for being on today. You guys are rock stars. Maybe you should host our podcast. <laughs> yeah, honestly. You guys, thank you. I think we just got dethroned. Yes, let's, go. <laughs> let's go. I was just going to say thank you so much. Yes. I love talking about Dallas. So you just gave me the opportunity to talk about something I love. <laughs> Amazing. And thank you to all of our listeners with us today. Tune in all summer long. We are sharing stories from all of our summer of service locations. Um, yeah, and listen to our other weeks here on out uh, to hear about where else we've been and the different flavors of Christ in the city across the country. Uh, yeah, thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. See you soon. God bless you all. God bless, guys. Bye. Mother Teresa, one of our patrons, would say, if I look at the masses, I will not act. If I look at the one, I will. Because of these one-on-one -on -one encounters, because of people like you stepping out of your comfort zone, this mission is spreading. This mission is making its way into parishes, schools, seminaries, and communities nationwide. We have families making care kits for the homeless, college students coming on week-long mission trips and then going back on fire to serve the poor in their cities, seminarians in small groups across the country, 
doing Christ in the City style street ministry. This mission is becoming a national and worldwide endeavor, and we're so happy you're here. For even more in-depth Christ in the City training, videos, and interviews with the homeless, we invite you to join our known and loved monthly giving community. This is one of the most impactful ways you can join us in this mission. Visit ChristInTheCity.org and make a monthly gift today to join our known and loved community and receive a special Christ in the City gift. Imagine with me for a moment if every homeless person had one friend who cared about them. What a difference that would make in the world. And what if that one friend is you? You can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, podcast platforms, and do us a favor and go hit subscribe and leave us a review. God bless you.